Hey everyone. In today's episode, I talked with my friend Nate about uh, just our journey on the first 700 miles of the PCT. We kind of recap the the struggles and the triumphs and just all the in between of what it was like hiking in the desert for so long. Uh, we're now at Kennedy Meadows South and are looking forward to hiking in the Sierras. Uh, I'd like to thank Nate for taking his time to talk with me and yeah, and like actually really want to be here. So uh, anyways, I hope everyone enjoys and I'll see you later. Peace. All right, we're live. Boom. Nate. Hello. <laughs> Hello world. Hi, how's it going? Good. Uh, my name's Nate. I'm uh, Bennett's friend on yes. the trail. Yes. Um, yeah. That's about it. That, that's it. That's I'm a simple guy. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, I guess uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your journey so far. and Or I guess we could say where we met and all these different things, all these cool things. Yeah, so we met, what was it, uh, Mount Laguna, yep. just a little bit past there. Yep. And there's this lookout point, and it was just the most incredible panorama of the desert valley below us. It just stretched on and on and on. And um, before we, actually, before that, uh, you were walking down the trail, and you're going to see if, like, the, you, the sound you made echoed. Yeah. The, woo And I go, woo <laughs> Um, like, I thought I thought you were a friend. I thought you were someone that I had already met, like I already knew. I was like, "Oh, Hunter's here. Oh, Jackson's here," and then uh, we ended up. It was like uh, probably point one or point two miles away, and I ended up walking over to you a few minutes later, and you're like, "Hey, I'm Nate. You're sitting in your in your tent, just yeah. chilling." That was, but that was cool. And then we just talked for like uh, forty five minutes or so. Yeah, watch watching that view, like, man, that the PCT. I mean, um, there's no better place to bond because we're looking at this incredible view, just like mesmerized by it, in awe, and just chatting, just like, yo, are you from South Carolina? <laughs> no way. And we're just like, totally like, kind of zoned out into the kind of tuned into the moment is yes that's been that's been a big thing with pct for sure like being in the moment uh and yeah it's easy to bond because one you're in like the most beautiful place and two you also are suffering a lot and you know that everyone else out there is suffering a lot with you so like that's a big that's a really big uh bonding thing you know yeah and i think um just the fact that it's such a grand adventure it's it's a shared experience with everyone along the trail it's like uh any any time you kind of are in an environment where there's a shared experience like i don't know if it's a music festival or like 
a bar or, or, or sports game, but something where it's like everyone around you, you're all like there for the same reasons. Yeah. Like maybe slightly different motivations, like maybe your stories are different, but you're all there in the moment sharing that experience. And this is just a four month long shared experience with ups and downs, highs and lows. And it, it, it's like, it's an emotional roller coaster. And the fact that you have all these people along there with you, that's, it makes it so special. Yeah. Yeah. There definitely, uh, there definitely been a lot of ups and downs and, uh, <laughs> there've been a lot of really beautiful relationships that are, that have bloomed and are blooming. Like there are a lot of, yeah, it's just, you're meeting friends that uh, within 10 minutes you feel like you've been friends with them for a long time. Even if you don't know a whole lot about them, like you just feel something. Yeah. It's different from a... <laughs> it's, there's a box blown through the, through the bushes. It's yes. like a tumbleweed by a big cardboard box. I guess we should probably tell, uh, tell everybody where we're at. It's kind of, since we're traveling all the time, it's a... Uh, you never really know where you're going to be whenever you're doing one of these podcasts. But we yeah. are, uh, where are we? We're in Kennedy Meadows. We're in the gateway to the Sierras. Like, yes! That is, it's over. The Southern California portion is done. We, it's, it's, I don't want to say it like, like I'm celebrating like the desert was terrible. But the Sierras are a whole just like different world. And we're heading into them starting off like tomorrow and it's gonna just be i mean the views <laughs> like we've already seen great views but like these are those picturesque wallpaper mountain views like oh and i will say <laughs> the past 200 miles of the desert has been terrible in my opinion <laughs> in my opinion it has really really worn on me mentally and physically and not gonna lie whenever we got to grumpy bears and had that burger and those fries and ice cream and all this stuff it's like yes we're done everything's okay we aren't gonna get we're not gonna die of dehydration which is great we're not gonna get baked by the sun we still might die of dehydration we we might run into a few uh problems here and there but like nothing like the constant testing that the desert does because that's what the desert is i mean that's what the whole piece like whole trail is but the desert especially it's a uh it's a test it pushes you i mean i don't know if that's just because it's the introduction to the trail or if that's just the nature of it like long water carries mentally it's draining um but that makes everything feel so rewarding because it's like the toughness that every single person displays to get to here to push on it's a lot it's a lot and it's especially uh this past week it was 110 degrees or so for like four or five days straight in the mojave desert and i want to hear i think that you also got stuck in the same spot that i did uh right before what was the the water cache. All right, so we'll, I'm back up a little bit. So, all right, we are in the remote part of the Mojave Desert, and there's no water anywhere for a long time. 
And if there weren't these people called trail angels who look out for hikers who are uh, putting like five, multiple, like 30 or 40 five gallon jugs of water. So we have water as we're walking. If that wasn't the case, then it wouldn't be possible to, to make, to walk because you would run out of water for there'd be a hundred miles where you didn't have any water and you were walking through the hottest literally like the hottest part of America <laughs> so so even though the water caches are there the stretches are still far uh, there are a couple of 20 mile water carries which doesn't sound like a lot if you don't really it's hard to understand what 20 miles hiking is unless you've done it and uh it sucks whenever whenever you're looking at a 20 mile water carry in the desert yeah it's especially because you're adding on all that weight yeah it's um, a lot of weight because i mean and and also when it gets that hot you're the normal amount of water that you think you need because normally i started off doing uh, one liter for every five miles. Mm -hmm. So usually it'd be about a four liter carry, but I was drinking about a liter every three miles. Yeah. And so instead of being four liters, it ended up being like six liters, which that's eight pounds versus 12 pounds, uh, in terms of like how much water you're carrying, which I don't know if that sounds like a lot to anyone listening, but like that four pounds really does make, make a big difference. Yeah. Especially on those elevation gains. Yeah. Yeah. We'd like a 2,500 foot climb out of that second water cache. Yep. Yep. There was, all right, so you got stuck in the Joshua Tree area, right? You ran out of water at some point and you ended up like waiting it out with French fry and someone else? We siestaed. Okay. Did you well, run out of water? Mm mm. I, I actually I gave uh, Brian water. Ah. So I had uh, about a liter and a half left. And he had about a liter, but he didn't have, he, he's maybe a little bit more fresh. Yeah. Maybe uh, a little bit more of a newbie. Um, and so I gave him like the half liter I had. And so I had about a liter for like the last five or six miles. Yeah. So I didn't like completely run out, but I did the last little bit of that trail dry. Yeah. Um, but he he ran out too so like i'm happy that he ended up with it because uh uh yeah i it's kind of like you, you figure out what kind of hiker you are and what you can do and then also you kind of know what other kind of hikers other people are and so i was like uh eh, he probably needs this more than me yeah yeah physically but also like it shows what kind of hiker and person you are if you're willing to give someone some of your water in the Mojave, you know? Yeah, like I mean... you're looking out. To, to me, it was just like... Um, I think part of that is... I, if, if I was to look back and kind of do a deep dive on myself, I'm being in team sports yeah. when I was younger. Yeah. You focus on the goal for the team, not the goal for the individual. Yeah. And when you look at, like, it doesn't matter who it is, but if you see someone on the trail, like, they're part of your, your team. Like, yeah. we're all hikers here together. And so I can know them for five minutes. I could have been hiking with them the whole time. But, like, 
um, you kind of have to figure out like what's going to get everyone to that end goal. Yeah, and definitely. That water cache was the end goal for yeah <laughs> everybody yeah. that day. Yeah, that was uh. So the Joshua trees. What was the what was the cache called that we were going to? Bird Spring. Bird Spring is that the? I think it was yes, Bird Spring. Spring. Yep. That was uh. Yeah, the. Let's see. So I got. Or I guess if anyone's listening who's planning on one day doing the PCT, don't walk from the first walker. It was I don't know what the first cache was, but don't walk from the first water cache that 20 miles to Bird Spring in the middle of the day, because you will like you, the the sun will like tear your ass up. But uh, I ended up getting stuck out or not stuck. I ended up having half a liter for the seven miles from. Uh, seven miles to bird spring with those little joshua tree shade you had half a liter and i ran out of it i just drank it all like five miles out and so i didn't have any water for five miles from like it was two in the afternoon and i wasn't trying to sit around and not have any water for the entire day and then just walk later so i was just going through the 110 degree heat in the and there's like a, a big climb on a sandy hill yeah I, I i remember like walking up with no water and thinking like oh this is what hell must be like <laughs> and then thinking for a little second like i could die of dehydration out here and then you could have yeah and then it's like heck no i'm i'm making it like you got to keep going <laughs> yeah Damn, that's impressive. It was scary. <laughs> it was very scary. Oh well, yeah, it was scary. But I mean, that's—I mean—it's pretty incredible you're able to do that because it was hot. It was hot. There was actually—did you know someone in uh, someone? I think it was earlier on in the—I think like two two hundred miles in. So we were walking that little spot that we were talking about. What was that? Like six hundred miles in. Yeah. Yeah. So there's someone that. Uh, passed away from heat exhaustion in like around Mary's place which is like 200 something miles in yeah I, they recently died it said um, near Anza and so I'm not sure quite which section of the trail was but it was along the PCT they weren't PCT hikers though they were doing like a weekend hikers or something like, yeah a weekend trip okay um, but yeah I mean that was kind of uh, a real wake up call I think for a lot of people yeah. as to I mean because the exact section you're describing that you um, uh, well you ran out of water on I think uh, a week ago or something uh, someone was saying that a trail angel had to go up there and rescue some hikers Ooh. off the mountain because they're so dehydrated and yeah. so um, it's really just it's it's those things that you don't like you don't expect to drink as much water as you do at first right yeah, yeah. You, you don't you don't expect to have to the sun to take all of the energy all of the life out of you you expect to maybe have some shade or but really uh you can't you like you just can't prepare for some of that stuff until you feel and experience it and that's sadly why probably why um those hikers down there like it, passed away yeah because i mean unless you're in that situation there's no prep preparation for it you don't yeah know. i mean you can they actually died i think with uh three liters 
in there they had water on them oh really and electrolytes i think it just kind of like i don't know the details of it but from what i heard from somebody else this morning they uh i think it just kind of snuck up on them and they had water on them so in theory they would have been able to drink water and be all right but i guess it i don't know how exactly the how it went down but i think they had water and electrolytes and they still they still died from the heat exhaustion it's crazy yeah and now people now there are through hikers that are skipping from Tehachapi which was like 550 ish miles I think about that yeah. uh they're skipping up to Kennedy at 700 miles to get to the Sierras and yeah. they're at this point it's just getting too hot yeah yep <laughs> well especially with that heat wave that rolled through because yeah um because that was just recently and uh I got the first day of the heat wave, I got to spend it floating down a river. Nice. Well, That's really well, nice. And you guys were on trails. So yeah, like, dying. <laughs> <laughs> two different worlds yeah. right there. Oh, um, gosh. But, yeah, no, it's... And even though the desert is over and those challenges are done, by no means does that mean the rest of the trail is going to be easy. Heck like, no. Like, I keep hearing people being like, oh, the worst part is done. Uh, like, the hardest section, it's over just because it's, like, all these problems. I'm like, yeah, but that's really misleading because that just makes it sound like the rest of it's a cakewalk, and it's not. The like, grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whenever you're in the desert, you're like, wow, this sucks. I can't wait to get to the Sierras. And then whenever you're in the Sierras and climbing up, huge mountains you're like oh this sucks i can't wait to get to oregon or <laughs> wherever and then like there's gonna be problems there and problems in washington i mean yeah i mean in california oregon we're gonna run into probably some forest fires wow and that's gonna that's gonna be a huge hurdle like that's that's uh to me is scarier than anything else on the trail are forest the forest fires? fires yeah because um if you're if you're out in the middle of a stretch and a fire starts up in your area, it like if the winds are blowing like You're not outrunning it? No. Yeah. Um and the smoke too that hangs in the air, like that's really dangerous conditions to be out breathing it and, and uh hiking all day in that weather. Cause, I mean I was uh living in Reading for a bit and like we'd have days where uh, they tell us to like stay inside all day because the air to breathe outside is just like so hazardous. Where's uh, Redding? That's in Northern California. Okay. So uh, it's like uh, three hours north of San Francisco, and mm -hmm. it's right in the middle of California, um, east west wise, and it's the biggest city north of Sacramento, but it's okay. only ninety thousand people. Okay, and um, it was just surrounded like you're getting smoked out yeah because uh, uh there it's uh so it's really dry mm -hmm. like in redding is about 100 degrees during the summer yeah average and the forests are so dry and there's just mountains uh all around so you get crazy wind patterns too so it's just like a tinder box and when the fire starts up there's there's no telling what's going to happen up there wow um not to not to be a downer as we're, as, <laughs> as we start walking that way as as we start he heading north, but um, uh, it's it's really an 
an underrated aspect of like the hiking and everything is I always see people talking about um, like the river crossings, right? And we won't have to deal with that um, this year in the Sierras because we, we're not dealing with the same snow conditions. Yeah. Uh, but people talk about bears or falling off or something. Uh, but I haven't seen much about the forest fires. Yeah. And to me, that's my biggest concern. Yeah. So. But, hey, one day at a time. Yeah, seriously. It, it seems like uh, I was actually called my dad this morning. He was asking uh, what the plan was for the next week or two or whatever. And uh, a non-PCT Bennett would probably have some sort of idea of a plan. But I told him, like, Dad... I'm going to figure out tomorrow where I'm going to get water. And that's all I know. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even know that yet. So I definitely <laughs> don't know what's happening next week. There's a lot more uh, in the now here. And a lot, you're just kind of, you're just trying to get to the next spot so you can get to the next spot, etc. Just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And constantly changing plans. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Which I think is awesome because I'm like, I'll say, uh, you know, I'm planning on getting here and then maybe you hit up a camp spot that's two miles earlier, but it's just such a gorgeous camp spot. Yeah. You're like, I can change my plans. Yeah. Why not? Like, why the heck not? Um, so yeah, I mean, con- consistently updating and refreshing the plans and it keeps you on your toes. Yeah. <laughs> if a forest fire is coming, you better be on your toes. <laughs> yeah. I'm just dropping my pack and spraying <laughs> yeah. out of there. Bring some water, but other than that. I'm gonna gonna get that uh, emergency SOS beacon or something. Do you have one? Well I got the GPS. Okay. So well shit, I need to hang out with uh somebody with that one. You don't have a GPS? No I don't. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> what could possibly close. go wrong? <laughs> oh man. Well Who's I guess got GPS. <laughs> Sort of, kind of. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But what's the what's been the hardest part of up until this point? Uh, you like broad strokes hardest part or like specific moments? Both. So I'll start with the specific moments is that there are two that stand out. Um, the first one was the very first night I was out on the trail. Mm -hmm. I had only booked about 10 miles, and I started at one or so. So I was hiking during the hottest part of the day. Uh, From the weekend before, I was with my friends. They they dropped me off. But I got sunburned in San Diego, and I was just like... And I ran into a rattlesnake three miles in. Yep. So all those factors, like, were hitting me at once. And also the, the realization that... I have nowhere to go but north. Yeah. I have 2,650 miles to go. What am I doing? I'm, like, feeling way in over my head. And that night, like, I um, suffered from heat exhaustion. My anxiety came up. And all these different factors hit me at once. So I'm getting the cold sweats at night, shivering, drinking as much water as I can, but, like, not working. And then these thoughts start flooding my head. I'm thinking, like, dude, like, this is this this is it like you're done like you can't go any further like i'm feeling awful physically and then mentally i'm just drained from the whole day and i'm like 
that was the only time along the trail that I ever felt that I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Like that thought crept into my head. It was just so overwhelmed at once. And I just like kind of suffered through the night. And I was like, you know what? You still have to get to Lake Morena in the morning. Like before you quit, if that's what you want to do, I'm like rationalizing it to myself. You have to get to Lake Morena in the morning because that's the next stop. You're not going back. All right. So see how you're feeling in the morning, get there. And when I'm like strolling through Lake Morena on my way to the malt shop, I'm like, what, what was I worried about last night? Yeah. I'm having a chocolate malt right now. Just chilling. I got nothing but time in the world. And what else could I be doing now? Um, the second time that was really rough was when I got sick from my cold soap jar. What happened? So uh, the cold soap jar, like, there is a little ring of chocolate on the very top from the Talenti. <laughs> Wait, explain, that, explain, that explain what a, a cold uh, soap. Yeah, yeah, explain. Okay, that. so people uh, will bring stoves to boil water and like have hot meals, like do uh, rehydrate meals. Yeah. Uh, along a trail or like have a cup of coffee. That's my favorite thing to do. But a large portion of people say, you know what? Like the stove is about 10 ounces or so plus the fuel canister. That's more weight than I want to carry. And so instead they get a little jar and they fill it with oats or couscous or rice, fill that with water. And over time it soaks up the, the grains enough that they're edible. Yeah. Um, and so people do like a six hour or not even a six hour cold soak, but then they have their dinner for that night. And I was against the cold soak for a while. I was like, no, nah, I like my stove. And then I was like, you know what? Let me try it out. I got the Talenti jar, uh, which is popular used for cold soaking. Uh, and I got chocolate ice cream, ate it, uh, washed it out, cleaned it. Then I soaked uh, my oats in it. And what I didn't see was this little ring of like the chocolate gelato that yeah. I didn't fully clean out that contaminated the oats. And so that day when we were at, um, what was it, the rocks? That was where you were? Like that's what was happening yeah. uh, right before Agua yeah. Dulce? Right before Agua Dulce okay. at, at those rocks. Yeah, you were oh. miserable, man. Yeah, yeah, Vasquez rocks, that's what they were. <laughs> so so I come up on you and Pepper Jack. Climbing some rock. And, and I'm with Grant, <laughs> you guys are climbing rocks. And you guys, like, hop down. You're all cheery. And I'm like, I got to sit down for a second. You guys be like, you good? I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll see you for breakfast. You guys keep going. Ten minutes later, I'm projectile vomiting oh on the bush. Oh, my God. Like, no. like, I waited for you guys to get out of sight. And I was like, I'm going to be sick. <laughs> and right as that is happening, these group of day hikers are coming up. And they're like, are you okay? I'm like, just, like, stumbling around. I'm like, I'm good. You give them a thumbs up. I'm like, oh it's God. all good here. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm hiking the PCT. And the lady goes, oh, I've never seen one in the wild before. <laughs> I'm like, okay. She's like, and he's throwing up too. <laughs> it was like I was this like source of entertainment. <laughs> like this attraction at the zoo. Oh, my God. And she's just like, how exciting. Meanwhile, I'm like, yeah, that's awesome for you guys. Give me a ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have fun. And they they carried off. And so I get, like, curl up uh, underneath a rock with, like, some shade. Mm. I'm, like, hanging out there. I didn't realize, but it was, like, an hour, hour and a half later, and this ranger walks up. 
And like, I didn't even know that much time passed by. And she's like, I heard you were sick up here. And it's like, well, you heard right. <laughs> and, and she walked me down, grabbed my pack, um, gave me some crackers and Gatorade. And I was feeling good. And then we go into Agua Dulce and I was done with hiking for the day. So I watch you guys go. I was like, okay, I'm going to catch up to them. Uh, just, just give me some time. I'm feeling better. Um, and then I didn't realize it was my cold soap jar. So, like, the next day, or maybe it was the second day after that, I would try cold soaking my dinner. And we ended up camping at this fire station. I was eating my dinner, and um, I was like, oh... I don't feel so good. Like the same stomach churning feeling that happened before. We're on the side of the fire station and uh, I'm just cowboy camping, not, no tent or nothing. And the fog had rolled in. Yeah. Remember that night in Julian yeah. where the fog rolled in and the yeah. trees were dripping down? Yeah. Same thing happened, yeah. except it was like even thicker fog. <laughs> and in the middle of the night, I wake up, I'm like, I have to... I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear or anything. You can here. swear, swear. But I, was like, I have to shit <laughs> so bad right now, yeah. and it's 12:30, and the trees are dripping down the condensation oh from my the fog. God. I'm wet. I'm cold, and I get out of my sleeping bag, and I'm like going on the side of the fire station, doing like the duck walk, and yeah. like um, looking around for a place to to go, and I'm just like. I can't make it. I have no time to dig a cat hole. And so there's this little tree that was newly dug out. And I just had diarrhea all over it. It was so bad. So bad. The cold soak jar. The freaking cold soak jar. Um, And uh, after I dealt with that whole situation, at 2 a.m., I wake up again. I'm like, God damn it. In my brain, it goes, it, it offers me a choice. It says, you have two options. One, you can throw up. Two, you can go through some diarrhea again. I was like, I choose to throw up. <laughs> and it's like this thing in my brain that said, okay, that's your decision. And immediately I had to throw, and I jump out of my sleeping bag and uh, projectile vomit onto my sandals. And oh so, my God. Though, that was like, probably the roughest stretch of trail for me um because of like that was awful yeah it was just like cold wet and miserable um but even despite all that i was like well tomorrow will be better i guess yeah i'm suffering now but tomorrow will be better even though the moment sucked um but yeah so those are the like two specific cases was the heat exhaustion that got me and then the cold soak jar yeah that ruined me um but in terms of like just more broad strokes like toughest things uh it's probably been trying to find the right balance with the hike is balancing how many miles i want to do and like feeling like i have a schedule to stick to yeah versus just living life yeah um balancing oh i want to take a photo Versus kind of just living in the moment and letting it be. And so there's different aspects of the trail that you kind of uh, try to balance. But like finding that balance is uh, 
the most difficult thing because you're always thinking well am I doing this right am I doing it wrong and really there is no right or wrong answer it's just just what you do it's how you live yeah yeah definitely there's on the balance thing uh last week I was feeling super overwhelmed into Hatchapi just from I guess heat exhaustion and uh or not heat exhaustion, but just like mental fatigue in general and physical fatigue. But uh, anyways, we got into town and I was just, as we got into town, I was just thinking of all these things I had to do, like go to the post office between 12 to two, cause it was Saturday and it was gonna close. Had to shoot a podcast with Pepper Jack, had to call my mom, call my friend Pasquale, my friend Reed, Skyler, and all these things were happening and it just and between that and then like also taking on a like whenever you get into town you just have to as soon as you get into town start doing laundry start shopping for food supplies and taking a shower and doing everything and so I was just getting super overwhelmed at that and uh just getting I was mentally exhausted and uh just started drowning in the the, the the things I had to do or felt like I had to do mm. and uh, that was that was completely unbalanced and uh, anyways so I I called my friend Pasquale and he was like dude you just gotta you just gotta breathe you gotta breathe and uh, one thing at a time and after just talking to him he seemed to I don't know he kind of exudes calmness and presence and since then it's been a lot better but uh yeah for a little while I was unbalanced and that was that was uh making me really not not think about quitting but it was sure as hell making me not enjoy like the the moment at all Mm. just being freaked out like not being able to breathe because you had so like you don't want to and the thing is I know I'm going on a rant here sorry the thing is like I just told a story about how I got sick (laughs) the thing is it's just like uh you really or I really want to talk to talk to these people that I love back home like uh, Skyler and my friends Colin and Trevor and Pasquale Reed Dan supposed to call Dan today didn't see his text until after he was already doing stuff with his dad on Father's Day and uh, yeah it just it sucks because you don't want for the people that you love to think that you don't really care or that you're like just putting them off but damn man it's really hard to go into town whenever you finally have service and do the things that you're like just to do the necessities let alone catch up with your your uh like your close friends and family it's just really hard and it's like it's a totally totally different life yeah like like your life back home versus your life on trail yeah you care to elaborate well i mean it's just this isn't what you're you're grown up to expect in terms of life you grow up like driving every day right so you gotta drive somewhere you got an appointment to make you got all these hustle and bustle things to do and then once you're done with all that, your reward is to like sit on the couch and watch TV or something like me at free time, right? Um, and like, 
you're just going from appointment to appointment or what whatever thing to like thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. What whatever whatever engagement you have. Um but in here it's it's the exact opposite. You're not you don't have an appointment anywhere. You don't have anything to be at, you don't have a time limit. It's it's all just how you you decide to go about your day and like there are like certain things you you have to do like you have to go get water right you you have to if you want to get to canada you have certain milestones that you have to hit by certain days but ultimately it's you have total freedom in what you're doing that day you're not like restraint to anything like the only thing you have to do is just walk and it's it's nice because it's uh i don't know you don't you don't have all the hustle and bustle you don't have all this external noise i think maybe maybe that's like one of the biggest differences is that the noise is that in the like quote unquote real world that you live in you got emails constantly you got phone calls happening constantly you have different people constantly that you need to talk to like you're chatting all day uh you're expected to like interact like throughout the entire day and just be on call 24 7 yeah be available out here i go a whole day eight hours hiking by myself and then chat with people for like a little bit at camp yeah and it's just like it's nice because it's it's a different pace it's you don't have the expectations of all this of of what all the noise kind of puts on your plate yeah it's it's definitely a completely different world and just being out of like unplugged from the noise and unplugged from the appointment to appointment it definitely uh it definitely allows you to really in my opinion really connect with uh the people that are around you and you already pepper jack and i were talking about this on the trail one day you already have these really deep intimate connections that are happening around you all the time or whenever you're with people at camp or whatever and so it's it's almost like you just don't even have the mental capacity or mental bandwidth to uh to to call your mom at the end of the day right. if you have service or call whoever see you Zeke but uh or call check up on everybody or anybody just because it's yeah it's just you're already <laughs> mentally and physically exhausted and then you have such the intimate relationships that are right in front of you yeah so it's, re- it's just really hard to, to keep up with those you love back home well, different world and you were mentioning that um, like it lets you kind of be more in tune with the people around you the people present here um, but I also want to add on to that that allows you to be more in tune to yourself yeah as well definitely what have you learned about myself yeah being in tune <sighs> that's a loaded question I mean I don't know. It's kind of just... It's a big pause right there for the the listeners. But um, 
I don't want to like jump in and say anything that's like like too callous or like I don't know I want to like make quick jumps to like what I've learned you know you don't because want to I want to like jump to like a conclusion like oh I've learned this already yeah, about myself yeah, or anything yeah. because then I might do myself like an injustice I might like think I've learned something yeah whenever you're, you're just learning you're still learning <laughs> I, I think I think maybe that's yeah I mean maybe that's part of it is that like every day I'm I'm learning and like um just kind of being tuned to myself it's more like knowing what matters to me mm-hmm. what I prioritize in my life um considering what I want my life to be by the end of it is that um, I think one of the biggest things I've kind of learned about myself is that uh, like with with my photography I, I view it as a way to showcase the beauty of the world mm-hmm. right and I think if I can continue to do things like no matter what it is if it's throughout my career or hobbies or whatever if I can show people how beautiful the world is and the stories within it and show show how people like like take a picture of someone and like it makes their face light up and then it's like yeah like see how beautiful like this whole thing is like like you your story the world around you like being able to do that like that really drives me that motivates me yeah I think that's something that I've kind of unraveled more while I'm out here is that um, it's not like I may think that it's like all these different things that kind of motivate me but like at the core like doing something for someone else and like for me that's like like kind of telling their like telling the story to them yeah via photograph or whatever videography anything whatever the means is and if it's if it's for someone else that's like so much more powerful than if it's for me yeah giving somebody that water in the mojave yeah you know the metaphorical water in the mojave yeah that uh so last podcast i was with pepper jack and i guess uh i'll do a little i'll tell people so the last podcast was in tehachapi about i think eight days ago so i'm about to release this one uh or pepper jack's tomorrow while I'm still in Kennedy Meadows and this will probably get released sometime next week or whatever but uh where the heck was I going with it dang it uh oh yeah he was asking me the question of why are you doing the podcast and I didn't have an answer like I don't know or I didn't know but like you just you just said the story like capturing the the beauty of the world through the picture I'm I guess I'm wanting to not I guess like I am wanting to capture the beauty of the world through connections like the the conversation that we're having so that was just learned something about myself like <laughs> like just now on the like mid podcast so thank you yeah thank you for that oh thank you and that's that's another cool thing is how much you learn from other people on the trail yeah so many walks of lives so many different stories and backgrounds and it all coalesces it's like the 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 trail there's certain things in life where they draw people together they draw them in and having something that like just draws all these different people in with all these different stories and everything 
and then like it connects them and then it it like I mean some people may totally change some people may not but like if you really buy into that experience and that adventure and that journey like it connects all these different stories and they all intertwine in such an interesting incredible way and so you learn stuff from other people and then once you're you separate everything you still have part of that person's spirit like yeah. that those lessons or um the people you meet along the way you bring with them after the trail mm-hmm. and then their stories you're connecting with the yeah, more everyone people else you, around it's, here it's, it's, it's everyone really cool. else yeah. yeah it's such a cool thing yeah that's so it's it's exciting definitely the uh the views have been amazing the just the food in town has been amazing everything's been amazing but like the best part is for sure the people and i think that's just kind of like a lesson for your entire life yeah that's definitely what it's what it's all about those trail shakes are pretty damn good though. yeah man <laughs> the town shakes it's oh. so great it's so nice just uh after being uh exhausted and ran out of food and all this it's so nice to roll into town and to just get that pizza and that milkshake <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and you can just say like okay i deserve this because yeah. i just walked 150 miles yeah it's just such a huge luxury <laughs> oh man but um yeah what what you're saying about like it being about the people along the way because you know it's for me, it's uh, it can be difficult with like trying to do the storytelling and all mm-hmm. that because uh, I look at a landscape and I'm like, oh, it's beautiful, right? And I can take a picture and it looks gorgeous and and and, and just because the landscape's gorgeous, not because I'm a good photographer. Yeah, like yeah. it's just inherently incredible. Um, but then a lot of my photos, I look back at them, and I'm like, but what's the story here? Because there's not a person in it. And so to me, that is kind of a powerful lesson. It's like, it's the people that make the stories. It's it's the people that um, bring out the most in life. And this landscape's beautiful, but without a person in it, it's, I mean, it's, still, it's still nice, but like, where's the story? Where's the connection? Like, yeah, definitely. Where's the human side? Yeah. Whenever, whenever it's the mountain, it's cool. It's cooler whenever you see uh, Bennett or Casey or Pepper Jack just dying as they walk up it. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite pictures I have uh, is is the one where it's uh, that crazy climb up, right, where Casey had just finished and we were at the top and we saw you off in the distance doing the climb. And it's like the photo of you going, ah, at the end of it. Yes. And you're yelling as you have the poles out and just like, Oh, that, that photo to me is awesome because, like, that is, like, the feeling of, of conquering a, a portion of the PCT. Yeah, like, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, that's that's exactly what every one of us does every day. Yeah. And it's, it's just so Yeah, awesome. that's – and you, you caught it. <laughs> you caught it, Nate. You keep catching it. Now, uh, I – since we talked about Casey, we gotta got to mention – that the first podcast I did with Hunter, uh, there was I was telling some story about me and you hiking. Uh, we were hiking like some uh, big big miles or something like twenty three in the first 
a couple hundred uh, miles. So it was just it felt like a big day or something. Yeah. And I was I just said my boy Nate and I were doing this. I, I don't even remember what it was, but Casey came up to me like three weeks later and said, Bennett. You should have mentioned my name. I was with you guys the whole time. <laughs> and I completely just did not mention uh, All-Star Casey. So, uh, sorry, Casey. Hey. Yeah, you can just go wherever you want. All right. I don't want to just wake up with, like, a shotgun in my face. No, you're good. Hey, just just don't go past the dirt road. Oh, got it, got it. Yep. So, you'll see. You'll just see. All right. Are you guys all hikers? We're yeah, we're hikers. We're doing a podcast right now, talking oh, about the whole thing. <laughs> we'll see you in a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, Casey. Uh, yeah, shout out Casey, and she'll get on the podcast at some point. But she was she was upset. Yeah, that was that was down in San Jacinto, and it was uh, a long stretch, and we're hiking with Hunter, Kevin, Leo, uh, and they had pushed on another three miles past where we camped. Shocker. Uh, yeah. And uh, I was I was just like uh, I was the first to roll into camp And I said you know what This is good enough I started taking photos And then uh, Casey rolled down She's like oh They're three miles away I'm like I'm just going to camp here And then she was like oh yay like, yeah, oh, yeah, keep yeah. Going. And, then, and then you rolled in And then we're like you should camp with us. <laughs> yes, I know what it is. I know what you were talking about now. Yeah, it yeah. was uh in Mara and Sydney were camping across yep. across the dirt road. Okay. It was, was 9,000 feet of decline and we had just woken up at what 5:30 a.m. after a 20 degree night on top of San Jacinto after a huge climb the day before. Yep. Huge climb. Yeah. Yeah. That was that awesome. Was, I, I was so happy to see people not uh, 25 miles down the road. They were only 22 or what, at the campsite to yeah, make it 22 I was, that day. I was like, my feet are tired. Like, I'm not going another three. Screw that. Gosh. Well, apologies, Casey. Uh, you're getting shouted out, and she'll, yeah. she'll get on the next one. But Shout out, Casey. I guess now's a good time to tell. So a lot of – or it seems like a lot of people that listen to this thing uh, are friends with me and Hunter – my hiking partner that I started out with but I people don't really know maybe unless I've told them specifically but Hunter and I haven't been hiking with each other for almost a month now he just walks faster so it's just kind of uh like we've we just parted ways and um we're we're up there no you're good Andrew uh but yeah we just he just walked faster and everyone's got to hike their own hike as, yeah. as that's like the main thing that everyone always says, like hike your own hike. So it's just, you can't, you can't be waiting up on somebody else or trying to catch up somebody else all the time because that's as mentally exhausting as walking up the damn mountain, you know? Yeah. So I, I would love to be with Hunter, but we just walk different, like we just walk different speeds and, He's having a blast with all the trail family that I started out with. They're like Mara, Sydney, Leo, they, Kevin. They kind of separate a little bit too. Jackson. They're, uh, oh, really? Well, they split like, up. Uh, I think Kevin, Hunter, and Mara are a day ahead of okay. Sydney, Leo, and Jackson, Jackson. I'm pretty sure. Ah. Because uh, they left like a day earlier for yeah. Kennedy. Yeah. 
Um, I just saw Leo's post, and they had just done, uh, was it Whitney? Whitney and uh, some pass. They did the Q-Sarge? the the highest point on the PCT. Oh, they did Forrester, Forrester, and they did Forrester in the same day. Yeah. So like that's pretty big. That's pretty cool. That's a good yeah. day of hiking. Yeah. Um, but ah, damn, I miss them so much. But everyone, like, you gotta, you gotta let them go, and uh, maybe one day we'll reunite on the trail. Might might catch up in South Lake. Ah, you think? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, just because uh, that might be a good place for. And that's a pretty popular place to do like two zeros, two or three zeros. And so if uh, we roll into there, like before they leave, then catch up, hang out the next day. Yeah, definitely. But I'm planning on, uh, I'm hoping we're going to be pretty close in time to South Lake because I'm planning on doing some trail magic a little bit. That'll be so cool. Because I'll I'll try to hop in a day before you guys arrive. Oh my gosh. And then grab my parents' car. Oh my gosh. So there, you're you now live in South Lake Tahoe, or is it Lake Tahoe? It's Incline Village. It's on the north North Lake Tahoe, on okay. the Nevada side. So, I've heard from uh, a lot of people that South Lake Lake Tahoe's the coolest part on the on the trail. Yeah. So I've heard. Uh, I've I've probably been one of the b- biggest proponents of that. <laughs> yes, I'm excited to. Uh, obviously excited for tonight and tomorrow and the next mm-hmm. day and the next day in the sierras and blah blah blah. i'm excited for lake tahoe that'll it's, be really fun and that's kind of when the sierras peter off and in, in a little bit so it's a nice end yeah. to it all yeah. um and to those of you who may be listening haven't seen photos of it or haven't been there uh, Lake Tahoe, look it up right now on your phone. It is gorgeous. It is a massive lake that is surrounded by mountains. They're usually snow-capped year-round. Oh, wow. Last two years, it's been dry, so, like, really unusual for there to not be snow, like, yeah. at least, like, throughout the summer. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's incredible. Like, there's a Tahoe Rim Trail, which is its own, like, 165-mile hike uh-huh. in the area. And it's just, if you can imagine California ski bum culture, that is that area. And it is awesome. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it's it's also, uh, one of its nicknames is, like, the Jewel of the Sierras. Wow. Which is a, which is a pretty cool. The Jewel of Jewels. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool uh, nickname there. So, um, yeah, look up some photos. Uh won't do it justice but if i encourage everyone to get out to tahoe if if they can and <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome now i'm not going to look up any photos i haven't seen it but i don't want to spoil it you, you, you might want to be surprised yeah. yeah that's that's a good point i hope uh i hope that uh that we get into lake tahoe on the same at the, around the same time because yeah. I would love to get like a, a first hand experience <laughs> of what it's all about be camping with you gotta figure out these logistics now yeah so what are you thinking you're gonna do tomorrow I was thinking about leaving in the morning but I'm also not in a rush yeah so honestly after all my stuff gets charged up because it's been charging slow I'm gonna fly that drone yes so I guess we can uh, tell the world here 
you're a self-proclaimed ultra heavy backpacker yeah and so you have <laughs> everything and more in your backpack yep i heard uh <laughs> hunter mentioned the or was it you on the first podcast that mentioned the ultra heavy oh yes 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 <laughs> um, i don't remember who it was but yeah yeah, so uh, I can't take credit for that term. Uh, that was when I was hiking with Leapfrog and Flapjack. Uh, those guys are doing crazy miles. But yeah, so ultra heavy is my lifestyle. Way better than me and ultra light in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, because I my philosophy is to make the weight worth it. That if, if, uh, if it's not dead weight, then who cares, right? You're, you're booking the miles that you want to book. Uh, you're using everything that you're bringing, yeah. and so you're making the weight worth it. Yeah. So I have 10 pounds of camera gear, extra. <laughs> worth the weight? Worth the weight for me. Um, it's It does make it a little challenging on the climbs and stuff, but, you know, it's really like I'm still able to hit, like, my mileage goals, so it doesn't really uh, bother me too much, and... It is such a good feeling when uh, I I'm like pull out my camera, I see someone walking down a trail. I'm like, oh, quick! I'm gonna I'm gonna to set up a frame and like get a picture of them and uh, sharing that with people. It's like that's that's worth more to me than like struggling a little bit more. Yeah, it's awesome. So you're gonna about to you're about to bust out the drone in the Sierras, uh, which I feel like this is this <laughs> is your moment. Like this is literally where you're gonna shine. This is, yeah, uh, I need to make sure that I'm not violating any flight restrictions. Mm-hmm. So if the government's listening, uh, I'm not flying it through any national parks. But, uh, <laughs> yes, of course you're not. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> and uh, to all the people who are, like, serious hikers, LMT people who, like, would chastise me, I'm not doing any, I'm not going to violate any regulations at all. So you don't don't even worry about that, guys. Like, I w- good vibes, good vibes only. I wouldn't do that. You're just gonna capture some some beautiful scenery, yeah. Some beautiful people, and, and yeah, yeah. And so um, it's actually funny. My drone, I crashed it on top of San Jacinto. Yep. Uh, so I think that that was oh, it. Yeah, yeah. Me, so you, Hunter, Leo, Kevin. So it was. It had lost signal and it had started returning to home. But because uh, the elevation was beyond its limits, it didn't have enough thrust or power. And so it'd go up and fly like 50 meters and then drop down. And they go up, fly, drop down. And it almost made it to us. And like it was probably, I don't know, maybe like 30 meters, no, less than 30, like 20 meters well, you away. Well, you got to stop using meters. I don't even know. Okay. Uh, yards? Yeah, yards sure, work. sure, sure. Because meters and yards are the same thing, Are right? they? Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> I think meters are a little. Enough. They're okay. close. But like, okay, let's say like uh, 15 yards, Okay, I would say. About, that That seems about right. Maybe 20. But like, you can see in the video, Leo's running to catch the drone, but it just <gasps> crashes like right before. And then you see him it. pick it up and he's like, hey guys. He's like, hey. I'm watching like, it on your phone. <laughs> the the blades are shredded and um, yeah, so I haven't been able to fly a drone uh, until uh, back in. I just uh, was able to get the stuff to make the drone flyable again in, uh, what was it, 
Lake Isabella. Ah, very cool. So that was uh, a few miles, but like just a few miles before this. Yeah. So I was carrying dead weight for a little bit, but what else are you going to do? And, fun. um, no, like the, this view right here is just incredible. And, uh, if the drone video wasn't so good, I wouldn't fly it. Yeah. Because like it's, 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 not too loud but it's a little noisy and takes some time to set up and um it it can take you out of the moment a little bit like anytime you're taking photos or videos you're like yeah. focusing on that it takes you on the moment a little bit now that now when there's a flying little miniature robot yeah floating around they'll definitely take you out like it takes you out a bit but um the videos are just so so gorgeous and uh the it really showcases the whole landscape in a way that you really can't do any other way yeah yeah so it's kind of like a necessary evil and uh, i would even push back though because you said it takes you out of the moment but and one thing i want to add to the story so whenever it was flying home and it <laughs> dropped it dropped below the tree line so we had absolutely no idea if it just hit the ground and was just done and then all of a sudden it like just floats up out of nowhere and is like dun 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 dun, dun. <laughs> and it was just like oh oh it's coming oh it dropped oh it's back up oh <laughs> it was so funny but it, it creates moments like that that in itself was a beautiful moment that we shared together That's even true. if it, even if we weren't like silently gazing out into the the beauty of the world we had uh we had leo chasing after the drone <laughs> pick it up and we all just see leo's face on your phone and she picks so it up. happy it was, yeah it was so funny it was it was a moment in itself and that's I'm, true i'm happy that uh definitely happy that you got the propellers going because that's gonna be a lot that'll be fun in kennedy yeah or in uh in the sierras i'm hoping to get us like um if if we got like a little hiking train going I may That'd like cool. I may like pause us for like five minutes so I can get stuff set up and like get us going across the mountain like with the Heck drone yeah. out a little bit. And that's that's really cool. Have you uh did you post that the video of Leo running? I, <laughs> us, us like just looking at. I it? have not posted that. Um, I'm I'm writing a blog and I'm a little bit behind on the blog. Understand? So. <laughs> yeah. So um. Uh, I need to catch up on that stuff, and then once I catch up on writing, I may get to, like, the videos, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I do want to kind of stitch together interviews and stuff along the way and do a little documentary mm -hmm. of uh, uh, people's stories and journeys, and so uh, if you stick around my journey long enough, you may end up seeing, like, that video of Leo chasing down the drone yeah. in, in the featured doc <laughs> yeah it's going back to like the creation stuff like creating content it is really 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 hard to do whenever you're walking 20 plus miles a day and you're exhausted it is probably more difficult than walking the 20 miles it's actually <laughs> creating that content no. <laughs> you're so mentally drained and the last thing you want to do is like take time out to like I don't know, because this is great right here, this this moment. This is fantastic, but um, you really have to make the time for it and kind of carve it out of your, your schedule. Yeah, so. it's hard, and I still still got to call mom. Yeah. You know? 
and I actually just realized that she was wanting me to talk to her two hours ago, and I <laughs> completely forgot because I was doing laundry and packing up my shit and all these things. So maybe in like two weeks, mom's gonna understand why I accidentally forgot. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's just so hard whenever you're whenever you have so many other things that you that you think you got to do, and then you got to sleep. Yeah, it's a a balance. And you and you're still hanging out with the people around you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't want to take that time Yeah, away. there's, unless you really, unless you really get away from everybody, unless you're, like, actively trying to get away so you can do your things, it's really hard to do your things. And it's fine if it's hard to do your things, if you're, but, like, you still got to do, you still got to pack up the food and, yeah. and whatnot. Well, it's a good thing this ain't my living because I wouldn't be making very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so hard. It is, it's just exhausting. Everything about this whole trip is exhausting. And then and then creating creating something and editing. and I, I get why you're behind. Yeah. And it's okay. But, I mean, you're catching up now with the podcast. And yeah. Yeah, be, being part of this is going to encourage me to catch up myself. Yeah, and, get your game up, Nate. Yeah. Come we, on now. <laughs> we'll have to be, like, accountability buddies or something. Yeah, definitely. If I'm creating more content than you, you're messing up. And, like, vice versa. <laughs> if you're creating more All content right. than me, vice versa. So you just have to be perfectly balanced throughout the... <laughs> Throughout the whole yeah. thing, yeah, that's gonna yeah, be yeah. hard, but it's all right. Oh yeah, but. iron sharpens iron, as they say. Yeah, yeah, I, ain't that shit true? <laughs> well, what's the? I at the towards the beginning of the podcast, I I asked you what the worst or the hardest part of the trail was. What's the? What's the best? moment and then you can do a broad stroke and I assume the broad stroke is probably going to be like the people that I've been around <laughs> which we've already kind of established but another broad stroke besides that and then your uh, individual moment too best moment it, there's been so many great moments that it's really hard I mean flowing down the river was definitely the most fun because there are yeah. like some smaller rapids and stuff um but i think the best moment honestly was today was looking at the mounds here mm-hmm. where you see a a v shape coming from the the mountains kind of swooping down into this valley and looking out and right as i passed the 700 mile marker i just stopped and i sat and, and I reflected on everything and that was just like the coolest thing was looking at how far I've come like getting to this goal because there's always like get through the desert get through the desert um but just like being here now like here it it, it feels like the Pacific Crest Trail is finally real like before it never felt real today it's made it finally feel real um and to me that was really cool and then like while i was reflecting i was like walking to the general store and i was going through every single day that i've been out here like in my head Mm -hmm. it's like okay day one this is what happened day two day three 
all the way through. I was able to remember every single day. Oh my God. And I thought that was so cool. Cause that means I've been making memories Heck every yeah. single day out here. Um, so that was the best moment. Uh, and to kind of build off of that, I think broad strokes, the best thing has been the solitude and the quietness and the reflection. Yeah. I mean, cause everyone is, is incredible and like hearing their stories. I, it's fantastic. Um, but having that ability to just like be alone and be you along the trail, it makes me think of like that song, Astro Van. Yeah. Yeah, with, with Mount Joy. Because <laughs> uh, it's in the song, you go like, uh, maybe we're all alone together now. We're all alone, alone together, together now. now. Yeah. We have to dream. Wait. You know, Jesus drives an Astro van. Yeah. Oh, man. I love that song. But that, that, that quote, like, we're all alone together now. It's powerful because even though, like, we feel so connected, it kind of brings me back to being like, but I'm still me. Like, I can, I can yeah. only be me. Yeah. I can only be myself in this moment here. I can never be Bennett Roycroft. I'll never be able to do the Bennett Roycroft podcast because that's that's you. That's like you're that's, doing it. I mean, I'm, I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm not. I'm not the host. Um, but it's 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 just kind of like it brings me back to like I mean, maybe it's kind of sad, but uh, the people in your life like they come and go. Yeah, that's guaranteed. Like you'll never be with the same people throughout your whole life. Um, even when you're married, someone has to go first. Yeah, someone dies first if, you, if you're if you lucky enough to spend your life with them. Exactly, yeah. And um, it's it's sad because, I mean, you'll, you don't, ha like, you think that your relationships, your time with people, that it's going to be forever, that you're always going to be together, but having that quote I mean it's beautiful because being reminded that you're alone but with everyone else everyone kind, else in the same boat I mean yeah and it makes you cherish your relationships even more when you know that they're finite when you know that they're not going to go on forever and ever like you have to cherish every single little second you have with someone yeah definitely there's uh, there have been multiple times where I've been with friends like this today we were just packing up and or we had breakfast this morning and looking out at this beautiful valley in the mountains or this it's just spectacular and it was just funny looking at all these people like pepper jack cricket chelsea coyote we were all just everyone was just doing their thing like talking to each other and eating their food and it was just really it was really special because that's the only time that we're all going to be there doing that. Like, cricket's gone. Cricket's yeah. going to be hiking for 20-plus miles in the Sierras every day if possible. Like, he's going to be flying. And uh, Pepper Jack, I love Pepper Jack, and he's probably one of the closest friends that I've made on the trail. After the trail, I don't know if I'll ever see him again. Yeah. Like, you'd want, you want to, but we left and went on the trail not knowing if we would ever see anyone again. 
Yeah. We could we could die out here. <laughs> so one of our one of my friends passed away. Like one of the friends, Robert, my friend Robert Luce, and yeah, he passed away while I was on the trail, and we. <laughs> We used to talk about the PCT all the time because he did the first thousand miles of the, mm. of the trail, and we would uh, every time he'd come up to Clemson, he's a, uh, was twin brothers with, one of my really good friends from college, Luce William Luce, uh, but yeah, he we would just talk about the the trail, and I would ask him so many questions, and he would just, oh my God, he, he was so excited for me. And it was just so special being able to share the enthusiasm with him. And now he's gone, and I won't ever be able to come back to come back to South Carolina and talk to Robert about what happened on the trail. You know, if I make it back to South Carolina, like if I don't right. die of dehydration tomorrow, or slide off the the rocks <laughs> yeah which is all possible but uh yeah it's it's just kind of it's all finite and that does make it beautiful definitely makes it hard it makes it beautiful it's it's hard to accept for sure yeah a lot of people don't want to a lot of people do everything they can to distract themselves from uh accepting the fact that it's all that everybody's gonna like everyone's gonna come in and out of your life at some point and you're gonna come in and out of life at some point as well yeah <laughs> and like even even for me like I can recognize it but it's still difficult for me to wrap my head around yeah every it feels feels like we're all in the same boat again like everyone everyone knows that they're gonna die mm-hmm. but knowing this that doesn't mean that you're prepared or ready or anything or want to die or yeah <laughs> mm. but anyways like uh going back to i i just find myself sometimes uh cherishing pepper jack smiling at him opening up his box and finding the snickers bar or, <laughs> or coyote sipping the coffee and talking to cricket about how fat their pancake is <laughs> those are some big pancakes at grumpy's but yeah it's it's really it's really beautiful honestly and we're lucky that we get those moments out here we are we are very lucky in that we get to do them out here yeah everyone always has those moments like mm-hmm. even whenever you're sitting in Wherever it is, if you had a shitty day and there's a a little girl riding a bicycle on the street with a smile on her face that you might never see again, but like she just gave you, she smiled and for a second you just got that got that energy, that happiness, and then it's gone. I don't know. There's uh there's always like these little things in life if you're if you're paying attention or if you want to see it. Yeah. And that'll be the case on the trail and after the trail but yeah it's going to be nice having these experiences in the Sierras and <laughs> at Grumpy's tonight yeah and I think it's easier to see out on the trail too at, at least for yes. me it's a lot easier to see 
that's that like that rang really true. Yeah. <laughs> that that seemed to hit you like like why why it seemed to hit you like. It's just everyone's. There's no there's no noise. Yeah. There's no noise, and you're worrying about real shit. And uh, and there's you're worrying about so much real shit that you're not even worrying. <laughs> I, I, it's hard to explain, but like uh, yeah, you've you're just trying to get to your water source. Yeah. And see your friends. And once you get to the water source, you get to see your friends. Yeah. And then you do it all again, and just like the the habitual not caring about anything that's stupid yeah it's just it really uh it makes it all feel very real and makes you get i don't know you seem to tap into a different a different substrate of the universe a little bit which is really cool yeah well nate i feel like this is a good place to wrap up the yeah. This episode of the podcast, would you like to would you like to say any last words to the the people listening or to yourself in the future? Oh, that's interesting to myself in the future. <laughs> um to myself in the future? I don't know. I guess same message as I have for everyone is that uh second day of hiking, you walked under this bridge. And someone under that bridge had painted, just fucking live. And I, it's so simple. But I like, I like saying it to myself every day. It's like looking at these views, getting up in the morning, just, just fucking live, man. That's beautiful. (laughs) Mm. Well, Nate, thank you so much for hopping on. We've been talking about this for a long time and it, it's finally coming to fruition so uh take notes and create some of your own damn content <laughs> <laughs> and uh i i would love to have you on again I'm, I'm sure if if the trail takes us there then you'll hop back on and we'll have some more stories to tell and some some more life lived hell yeah man love to do it yeah thank, thank you, you so much me. all right thanks for listening everybody uh yeah <laughs>